0: Thank <laughs> you. Welcome back to No Prize Podcast. I am Bud Young, the professor, and with me is Lucas, as always. How are you doing, Lucas? Welcome back.
1: Ripping and roaring and ready to go, Marvel.
0: Yay. Oh, well, it's been a couple of weeks since uh, since uh, we've been here. We missed last episode because of family issues. But, hey, we're back. We're good. We're talking comics. We have Loki to talk about. And what uh, we're actually talking about... We actually have too much to talk about this week. So uh, we're going to get right into it. We had Loki drop on Disney Plus last week. So we have two episodes to talk about. And I cannot tell you how awesome I think this show is Um, and Lucas is going to walk you through some of it, I think (laughs) with his, with the Mm -hmm. theories and everything. Um, But I want to just shout out just real quick because uh, because of the big nerd that I am is uh, is I've been um, I've been so excited for this show simply because of some of the shout outs that uh, that Marvel's MCU is doing for some of the creators, and um, uh, just a, on a selfish kind of kind of note, Owen Wilson's character Mobius, M. Mobius, is is um, played by Owen Wilson, and based on one of my favorite Marvel figures that uh, ever existed, Mark Grunwald, uh, uh the old editor for a lot of the Marvel line, and. Um, I've been waiting, waiting. Uh, we've, if uh, those fans of the show know that we've had Catherine Schuler Grunwald on before, and, uh, and we've talked to her about uh, the legacy of Mark and she is so excited about the show. And Owen is doing an excellent job. And the, and the shout outs that they're doing for Mark throughout this show. Um, if, if you know, uh, episode two, no one noticed, but the very first scene was set in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, which was actually, uh, marks where mark grew up <laughs> so yeah. um that was that was uh an easter egg that i think only i noticed <laughs> but um um i thought uh so yeah this uh this show regardless of that is uh setting on all cylinders and uh there's, there's so much to unpack on loki right now with with uh Absolutely. the time the, the time and tva and uh so why why don't you walk walk us through the like the theories that's going on and what we have' we'll, we'll probably spoil the, the end of episode two for you guys but oh
1: uh, well, well yeah I mean let's, let's start with with issue I mean excuse me episode number one my goodness um so you know I sat down with the wife and the kids and uh to watch it and uh the wife didn't like it right because she's like what's 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 going on she she likes low-key right but she didn't like not understanding what in the heck is going on right so and, and I think that's going to be a minus like hey he's a great on-screen freaking character he because he is what he he's got that that nasty smirk to him like I know something that you don't know. Yeah. All right. And even though as where it's a really situ really a weird situation and a, a devastating situation, he's still like sitting there with that stupid ass smirk on his face. You know, so once again, you know, definitely the Loki character is, is definitely freaking key, and he's going to make this whole thing um, great because they're going into all, all types of technical difficulties. But but let, let's let's get down to wh- what was going on. So, in the first thing is, you know, they go back to right after the war, the alien invasion. Uh, the, you know, the Avengers have saved the day. You know, they're wrapping everything up. They're walking downstairs, or they take the elevator downstairs. Um the one of the cubes falls out or is, is it the time cube i believe or yes yeah, the time yeah cube. the, the uh, tesseract yeah right, right. uh it, it falls out and uh the uh you know and loki sees it grabs it freaking transports himself off but he doesn't so we always had wondered where he went Like, okay you're on the run where is that you go he doesn't go to you know or transports himself back to, you know, Asgard, you know, or anywhere else. So if he go, he transports himself out to the Mongolian freaking desert, which is freaking crazy to me. <laughs> um, you know, and, and right after he arrives, he gets arrested by the time variance authority. So for those that know, that don't know who the time variance authority is, uh, they are in a organization, um, built by the, inic- the enigma force to help them administrate any type of weird variations in time. So if somebody gets a hold of some way to go back in time and they do something that makes the branches go all crazy, the time variation authority, also known as TVA, are supposed to step in and fix it. So he gets arrested by those TVA because they want to hear what he has to say right before just... Erasing him, and he's he's kind of amused. He's like, I'm a god. What can these people do to me? Well, he now finds out that the TVA exists outside of his normal universe. They are a force that they can mess around with it, and they exist outside. So even though he's a god, they can do whatever. one. in fact, they got that little freaking neck, that freaking uh, neck freaking guard thing that stops from him from using his powers. Period. Eventually, uh, Owen Wilson's character, Regan, uh, who's assigned his case, uh, fi- figures out that Loki may be able to help them. Uh, you know, uh, find this other variant, this other person that's you know messing around with the time and everything, and he lists Loki. It turns out that lo- they want Loki to help them capture or kill another Loki this other loki has been going around around time messing around with stuff right great stuff um i think uh it was pretty interesting the way they we can laid it out because not only did they introduce us to look they asked a bunch of questions about what happened with loki they they took us into what the tva is they explained how the TVA works they explained how there's other universes outside of the continuum of that stuff that, ha- that 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 explains how it works, um, and um, you no, know, it, it was pretty good. Uh, but so before I go into episode two, wh- what did you think of issue or excuse me, episode one?
0: The. Um- I think that the uh, first episode was key for just that 90-second cartoon that you got in the middle of the episode that basically explained everything that we've been talking about for the last year or so with the nexus of all realities, the multiverse, and they institute the the, the prime timeline there. And yep. um, just to realize, like, I, it, even then, even with that explanation, it's still kind of confusing, a little bit with um, with the, the Lokis that are, uh, uh, the other Lokis that are running around. Because at first when I'm watching it, I'm thinking oh, I'm waiting for this Loki, the Tom Hiddleston Loki to kind of branch off and become, like, and fool everybody, and then he's the one that's going to start running around, collecting the resets and everything. And sure. then I, re- you know, realizing uh, later that no, this is this is a multiverse, and these are all alternate reality Lokis that they are running around trying to catch. Not Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston just is a Loki, so he knows what Lokis are going to do. So, <laughs> so now you know, and that that kind of reveal uh, it, later on the, in the second episode, um, that is, I think that's going to be explained. But I think it was a bit confusing with where the uh, at, at the at the heart of this, it's become more of like a crime procedural, almost like almost like Criminal Minds, <laughs> right? Yeah, <exactly.
1: laughs>
0: with with uh, time variance authority thrown in. Um, so I thought that this this first episode went a long way to really kind of explaining to us in the easiest possible terms that they could um what the mcu is going to look like going forward and how are we setting up these this, the 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 infrastructure for phase four phase five you know and and going forward so um this is this is required viewing for anybody that's what that that is a fan of the mcu this is going to affect absolutely everything going forward it might change and retcon some stuff and we don't, we don't know there are other questions that were raised too right? so with Loki uh, disappearing in the middle of Avengers Endgame we knew that this was coming right we knew that they had to right. explain this somehow it was going to mess up the timeline they still need to explain Captain America because I think Captain America has the more egregious offense right where yep. Captain America has to go back return the time stones but comes back with the shield that had been destroyed in Avengers Endgame. So that's an even I think that's even worse. So I don't know how they're going to go back and explain that unless Loki in the next four episodes that they're left from this show that they actually fix that because I think they need to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So well, you
1: know, well I mean they so I so I think they already did, right? They kind of you can shove it off as cuz he says, "Well, how are you going to get off get off me?" That I'm used the time cube when if it hadn't been for the adventures going back in time, I would not have had the cube. And he, and then the time variant DVA goes, Well, they were supposed to have the cube. It yeah, was that, was, to use it.
0: that was supposed right. to happen. Yeah, what <laughs> like, that's a, like that's, more, man. <laughs> that's such a cop out because they can use that for anything now. And that's you know, well, that was supposed to happen. Um, but yeah, that's I, I think, um I think going forward and we'll, we'll talk about episode two as well, but I mean, the, I think that this first episode really, really, really set up a, a everything, everything that's coming. And I, I can't, I really, I can't wait. Um, I think that they are doing some huge, uh, inroads on King, the conqueror, um, Yes. especially with the introduction of a certain character that I'm sure it, she gets more screen time in the second episode. And in the first episode, you didn't even know who she was. Um, but here they reveal who she is in the second episode. Um, and any of any fan of Marvel that knows Kang's history knows that Ravana Renslayer, um, is actually Kang, the Conqueror's love interest. Um, and and appeared in the first in Kingsford uh second appearance that that was when they introduced ravona um so that's, uh, that's an interesting twist that they didn't bother explaining to anybody and never really revealed, except for if you're watching episode two, that's the one little big little reveal in the, um, when they're in her chambers, when, when her and Mobius are together and they have the big statues of the timekeepers behind her, yes. that middle timekeeper looks like King, doesn't it?
1: Exactly. That, that, exactly. Middle,
0: that middle statue, it's, and it doesn't really look like King, but it looks like his, like his armor type. Uh, it could, mm-hmm. like, it could be. Um, to me, that is interesting and makes me speculate whether or not Kang might actually be a variant of the Timekeeper or one of them. That's true. So
1: that makes sense.
0: That that is what makes me yeah, that's what kind of makes me want to speculate a little bit and, I, and I, you know I think I like speculating with you, Lucas because you always have really good ideas and um, so why don't you why don't you reveal who who is the who is the variant that were they're chasing that they revealed at the end of episode two
1: right so so they think that the variant is Loki right so right well, right so but. Here is here's the kicker, right? So a lot of the paperwork that has been left around in episode one and episode two, um, re you know replies to a Sylvie, um, a Sylvie Loferson, right? Um, and you know the sleuths online. Now I'll give them their credit. And there's a guy in Spain who is watching, uh, he was watching on his channel, and you know, he was looking at the end credits, and he found the Sylvie. So he confirmed that Sylvie was playing in it. So what people are saying right now is that Sylvie or Loki is most likely uh, Sylvie Lushton. Sylvie Lushton is the Enchantress who at one point thought she was an Asgardian and even dressed up just like uh, Loki at one point. So even though we're waiting on female Loki, the female Loki may not have arrived yet or and it may be just the Enchantress or who knows. Who knows, right? So, so th- these, there's some questions that are going on right now. But right now, it, it, play, it appears to be that the female that showed up at the end of episode two, um, maybe the enchantress. Well,
0: okay, and I, I can go with you there. Let me, let me, let me speculate a little bit for you. Right. So, Sylvie is the enchantress, but the enchantress is. The uh, alternate reality Loki of that universe. Okay. See, because because they went through that scene where where Loki was calling her me, and the the powers that they're using together with the green, like the green, they, I mean, they look similar. So I can see totally where they say, okay, so this is this is the alternate reality Loki, but we're going to establish her as her own character, and. Uh, eventually, maybe she sticks around, and maybe she got, she becomes the Enchantress. Because in the last three Thor movies, we haven't seen Enchantress, right? So right. it's totally believable that she's just a a, a multiversal Loki. So hey, I'm all yeah. right with that.
1: It's it, it's going to get weird. It's going to get weird. You know, uh, in fact, uh, there was this one particular scene where they showed a whole bunch of other Lokis that were running around. Yeah, um, The glued one that stole the, uh, what do you call it? The bicycle cup, the uh, Tour de France cup. <laughs> yeah. Point. yeah.
0: Like, and what? they had like an ogre. They had <laughs> one that looked like an ogre, you know, yeah. or or maybe a troll. Yeah. So that's, it, it is kind of interesting. When I was seeing all that stuff, I was like, that that's a weird, but kind of funny. And um, I want to shout out Owen Wilson too. Owen Wilson, um, is really toning it down. I always really think of Owen Wilson as kind of like a uh, just chew the scenery type of actor. And he really has toned it down. And he's not like he's so he's not the main character. He's playing a supporting character and really kind of really low, low key. He's 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 low key kind of playing himself, you know, but um, I enjoy his character quite a bit as well plays off plays off tom hiddleston's loki fabulously it was
1: good stuff man um yeah i i was uh once again i'm still not able to wrap my mind around owen wilson being in this in this series but you know he's playing well no the the, regardless of his you know regardless of you know the straight man he's supposed to play but you could tell you could tell where he could turn it on and where he he has to turn it off right yes because he's got he's Owen Wilson is a charming guy. He, he he always Owen Wilson always looks like the guy that was freaking punched, you know, punched by a kangaroo, <laughs> right? But he but he could char he could charm the panties off your grandma, right? So that so you can tell where he's got the egos in, and he's like, hey, I just need a little bit more time for this guy, cause I really think I can break it, you know? And then he flashes a smile. She's like, okay, and it gives him more time. No, so so you know he's doing that really well. I I really love that. Um, the but you know you know but the whole thing is is that they're still investigating. They're trying to find this Loki variant. They've enlisted Loki for episode two, and he's running around with these. And he says, and they're in this place. They're at this uh, old old town. Uh, replication site, right? And and uh after the variant looky has apparently killed a bunch of the TVA officers and he's like, hey, don't do that, because if you do that, he's gonna kill you, right? And he's they're like, well, like no, we don't believe you. He's like, well he's he's probably right outside. This is a whole this is a whole trap. <laughs> this is a trap right. outside. And they don't <laughs> believe him. Right? And they get out and nothing happens. Well Yes, the whole thing was a trap. Every single piece of it, every freaking step was a trap, right? Um, yeah. So, so he was right in that in that regard because he says, hey, and he said, well, because it was kind of it was kind of funny because at one point he said, well, why should you believe you? Because you're the biggest liar of all time. He's like, yes, I love to lie, but you know what I love even more than that? I love being right. You know, I I thought that was a freaking poignant freaking thing. I'm going to use that line at some point <laughs> with my wife, right? Um, the uh, you know, so the, you know, they get back to the the TVA and he, he, the variant Loki finds ways that we can get them in and out. They find a way to actually track Loki, um, and then they f- end up at a Roxanne Mark, which I guess is a future version of Walmart at some point, and that's where it all goes down. Um, and the TVA they're trying to uh, figure out what's going on, trying to fe- find find the guy, and they're just trashing the place, they're trashing the place, they're trashing people that are there, and you know, some of the superiors are like, hey, you can't do that, you need to calm down. You no, know, you can't be scaring people like that, and they are like, what do you care? These people are going to die anyway. like, oh, that's this mm. oh, yeah, usual, but uh, But logical. <laughs> but, yeah, but logical, like, hey, we got to Time is of the essence right um, but you know and then you know the big reveal of I mean th- this is what really was supposed to be about was the big reveal of who the variant was you no know, it's this either loki a female loki or it's a character that believes they're loki um, but but here here's here's the definite interesting thing about that regardless is that while we saw while we definitely saw the variant in one position, there's another person working behind the scenes, messing around with the bombs and everything. We don't know if that's another variant or whether it's just one of the characters he was just controlling to do whatever. There's all types of who knows what's going on right now. Because right now, it's wide open. Uh, Loki is a lot more powerful than he originally seemed to be because now he he not only can, can... Remember, he can make himself seem like anybody he wants to. Like he's like a freaking scrawl, right? Oh yeah. Now, but now he can control somebody just by touching their arm. He can transfer his soul into the body of somebody else. That that's another crazy power that he has.
0: He did that in now. the in the first Avengers movie when he was we controlled Clint and he controlled uh a bunch of shield agents and everything when they when he stole the Tesseract initially. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um so here's here's the thing, and this is what this is what I love because usually we have to wait five episodes before we get the the, 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 the sinister plan, right? So we start we see right in episode one that this variant is stealing these resets. But we don't know what, why they're stealing them, right? And the second episode, it's already revealed why they're stealing the resets. They're they're bombing the prime timeline <laughs> to, to to mess up everything. And that, to me, is, okay, so where do we go from here? And if they're successful, which I kind of think that they might be successful in ruining this prime timeline, and therefore creating the multiverse that they're trying to fix, right? Mm-hmm. So that to me is it, it, it's it is it, it's an excuse, and we've been talking about it. We've been talking about it since one division about them. How are they going to introduce the Fantastic Four, the X Men, you know, and give yes the, that ability? This is even more. Uh, revelatory really of how they're going to be able to do that just messing with the timeline and they're going to bring all these multiverses either together or just mess it up right if they mess it up you could just bring you could use that as an excuse so I'm really uh, you know this is really going to end up being the most critical watch that you can do if you whatever show that you want to watch in the MCU if you want to skip one don't skip this one skip Hawkeye or something. So don't skip <laughs> this one. So the, you have to watch Logie. And 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 Tom Hiddleston is is must view. So yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm so looking forward to the rest of the show. And I'm so happy this drops on Wednesdays.
1: <laughs> Does it you know it uh, drops man. on
0: Wednesdays? Uh, yeah. Man.
1: I probably should have watched it earlier today because I, I didn't watch it till <laughs> Friday. But you know what? I don't. I don't even have enough time on Wednesdays. It's, it's it's new comic book day, so I don't have time to be messing around with that. Anyway, um, so. I,
0: I love it because I can have I could like have a cup of coffee at like seven in the morning when I wake up before I go to work and just watch Loki and then just be jazzed for the rest of the day. So, <laughs> it's Hump Day. It's Loki Day. So nice. Yeah. Nice. I like it. All right. So let, hey, let's take a quick break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk well talk comics right because this is a comic book show all right we'll be right back and let's watch hey what's what's this one what's this one that one isn't working let's do this My commercials weren't working.
1: <laughs>
0: I was clicking on a commercial, and I was like, it's not coming up. All right. All right. So uh, so we're back. Uh, let's talk about... Uh,
1: Heroes Reborn. Let's just oh, get that yeah. Out of, okay. The let's way.
0: get it out of the way. All right. Um, we were going to talk about this a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and, you know, since then. So Heroes Reborn, I call it Heroes Regurgitated, or... <laughs> Heroes Reborn, Reborn, or, for the,
1: for, the, the, for for the very for the very low price of uh, four ninety nine, you could have a very expensive piece of uh, toilet paper.
0: Uh, so, um, this book, I, I'm trying to get my, gather my thoughts because Are I you have really? a lot of.
1: Are you really? There's nothing to I, grab I, <laughs> No, no, really, no, I am
0: because because uh, I I really I wanted to like this series because I love the Squad and Supreme. I do. It's about one of my uh I'll tell you, we'd talk about Mark Grunewald. It's his, that's his Magnum opus. If you read the Squadron Supreme Limited series from back in the eighties, it um it predated Watchmen and I think it was a more important uh more important key book uh in the eighties that changed uh how how people saw superheroes or you know, deconstructed superheroes. Um it it it's Watchmen gets all the glory, but Squadron Supreme did it first. So Anyway, this is you know, this whole series this whole series is based on the fact that Mephisto has uh re has altered reality and made it so that the Avengers never existed. So this whole storyline is basically, hey, uh the Avengers aren't here. Uh so instead the Squadron Supreme of America was formed and now they've been Earth's mightiest heroes for I, I would say since uh, you know, in the Marvel timeline. Uh, the Avengers don't exist. The Squadron Supreme does. And, and basically, this series has been uh, a, a bunch of one-shots about what uh, what these characters would have gone through and what happened to the other characters in the Marvel Universe. And basically, the Squadron Supreme, uh, they, they're more like the, um, the Squadron Supreme from the Max series about 20 years ago. Um, where uh, they just uh, basically took no prisoners they they go up against the bad guy they kill the bad guy so they don't have to fight the bad guy again uh, and uh, so it's basically it's Superman uh, without the morals same thing with all the other characters they're just they're villains wrapped in sheep's clothing and for me uh, th- you know where I've I see the I see the interest right I see where, that could make a pretty cool storyline where I think that they are just totally off the rails is the presentation, right? So Mm -hmm. first we have a weekly series of heroes reborns uh, main books that each issue focuses on a different member of the squadron by a different creative team, which is driving me nuts because if you're going to have an event book, you have to have an event book that's done by one creative team with one singular really v- like vision and one maybe epic story. I don't really think that this is an epic story. It's not. When you're getting, so you like first issue was just kind of set the table, right? And then you get Hyperion, Nighthawk, Power Princess, Wizard. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it still called Wizard or is it Speed Demon or something? Oh, Blur, Blur. Right. Um, and Doctor Spectrum. They, you know, and, and we know, we know the joke is in, right? We've known for 50 years that these were templates of DC characters and they're just kind of poking fun at Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Um here they just it's in your face so bad that it drives me nuts. They they could not um they could not make hyperion more superman-ish or nighthawk even more of that to, to the point that they give him like the nighthawk mobile and <laughs> they have uh luke cage's commissioner gordon and they have a you know a bunch of different stuff plus they wrap him up in spider-man's origin stories and spider-man's villain uh, rogues gallery of villains um to me it's so convoluted you know, and then you have the the infinity warps kind of uh, kind of uh, ro- rolled in where you have Doctor. Doom meshed with juggernaut, Quicksilver yeah. meshed yeah. with scarlet witch, Red skull meshed with venom. and it's just like I don't th- this is like a sequel to an event from two years ago that no one cared about. And now they're trying to, you know, and I understand Jason Aaron. it had all these storylines were going on in the Avengers book at the expense of actually showing the Avengers in their own book. Um, And now it's kind of exploded in uh, the fact that the, the Avengers, um, where uh, Avengers disappeared, right? The earth's mightiest heroes have disappeared. Uh, I would argue that earth's mightiest heroes haven't been in their own book for the last four years. (laughs) And, and all of these other storylines that have been going on were at at the expense of developing his Avengers team to the point that now that that the Squadron Supreme is in this main book, I don't really care about the Avengers and they're still even marginalized in this. We have blade that appears in the first issue. And then he spends this entire series in four page backups done by the team of Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis, who is the main creative team behind this event. They're all, they're they're relegated to four page backups where Blade is getting the team the band back together so to speak. Yeah. Where he yeah. at in each issue he collects an Avenger. Yeah. you know, he gets a Captain America. Hey, let's bring back Echo or Echo Phoenix. You, you who know what it reminds me
1: of. It reminds me of the Avengers game where you go along a storyline, oh and then God. at the end of each storyline, you collect yeah. another Avenger to play yeah.
0: with. Yeah, it's unlocked. Is, we uh, yeah, we yeah. unlocked Starbrand.
1: <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> oh, my God. Can, can we talk about that? You know, Regan, we, we just have Regan – this Starbrand character just popped up. Within the last year or so, or actually yeah. a year and a half or so. Well, she was and a now, little
0: bitty baby, and now she's a is she a toddler or a preteen? What are we looking at? I,
1: she's flying around, so we don't know. You know, she's is flying she's, around, and she's fighting. She's fighting alongside the Avengers.
0: Is she selling books to speculators?
1: No, nobody cared about the baby. Okay, nobody cared.
0: So, I mean, I like the Star brand. I just don't like the fact that it's got it's. You know, it's in the hands of a six-year-old so that this is this book and so so let's say the the main book is is a mess because they don't you know you're getting some loose plot threads that are continuing and you know it is just it's revealed in the last heroes reborn issue that uh phil colson president colson is (laughs) um is being controlled or under the influence of mephisto but that's not a big reveal, right? Because, I mean, Mephisto's on the money. Mephisto and Mephisto, we trust. He's like, he was running the world. Right. Everybody, everybody's praying to Mephisto instead of praying to God. So what's the big reveal that Mephisto is the dog next to, next to Colson kind of, kind of corrupting everything. We already know that Mephisto's behind everything. So I just like, I was like, who cares about that reveal? That's like not a big sinister thing. And it's not like the Avengers at the end of the day are going to fight Mephisto, right? They're right. going to they, just, everything's going to go back to normal. The one of the things I'm wondering about. So Mephisto, a couple of years ago, is he was the one behind the Spirits of Vengeance or whatever that Doctor Strange crossover was, where yep. he turned Las Vegas into uh, into what the, the eighth <laughs> level of hell. Exactly. Um, he it's it, it seems like he's so this omnipotent, powerful force. Why doesn't he just do this all the time? You know, why does why does he just uh, you know make the world the way that he wants it? Instead of doing these little schemes and then have these the you know, then that's what, that's what also made me laugh was he does this huge intricate, uh, intricate thing, but then forgets that Captain America is in a block of ice. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, I was just like, really? And then have blade find him, And then, oh, let's, yeah. let's kill, let's kill all these guardians, except for the most important one. <laughs> You know, just like what, you know, you don't do like a body count for the Asgardians and just be like, Hey, where's Thor? Yeah.
1: You know? yeah. Oh God.
0: And, and so, and then, so let's talk about, so this is, look, I'm sorry if you guys are loving this heroes reborn story, more power to you. There are some moments that I didn't think were terrible, but it's the overall storyline. Then and, and, and then and then appropriating an old um, an old event, the old Heroes Reborn event, that sucked in itself. So, you know, they try. I just don't know what they're going for here. I know that they're 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 trading in on the brand, and everybody recognizes Heroes Reborn. But let's ref, let's not forget that Heroes Reborn 30 years ago sucked ass too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so uh, the the only thing that I found interesting was the whole thing about uh, so Hyperion is dating what's her name Princess whatever Princess Power yeah. Princess Power and, power, and uh, power
0: Princess Power Princess
1: Power, power Princess and uh, and at, at some at least at some point she used to date Nighthawk Yeah um, it was uh,
0: you know but it's a whole Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman
1: uh love triangle, right? Yeah and, yeah. and and Power Princess says, "Well, you know, hey, Hyperion doesn't really want me around you." And then she goes up to him anyway. Yeah. So, what 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 the heck is that all about? That's Oh it, my goodness.
0: It's 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 stupid. So, that's a well, no, I'm sorry, it's not stupid. It's just poorly it executed. Is. It's poorly it executed, it's, it it, but they introduce all those, the, you know, any of the storylines that they introduce. You see, like uh, I think you saw in the last issue that the uh, that Blur they put Blur in as Spider-Man and she, in like uh, he's married to Mary Jane, and and then with the do, the whole Doctor Spectrum thing, which is actually that's the more the more original one because Doctor Spectrum's po- uh, power prism is actually like controlling him and that was i mean i guess they've done the ring the ring possessing you before in green lantern but um they've done that that was that's an old trope from from way way back but uh, let's talk about so the satellite books too. The, the so you get the main book, and then every week for the last seven weeks, we've been getting uh, one or two satellite books that are supposed to be a greater tie-in to this or enhance the series. Um, basically, they're a bunch. They're a bunch of what-if shots, one-shots, and. I don't think they do anything for the main story. They're basically like, okay, just in case you were wondering, uh, Peter Parker's not Spider Man. He's he's a reporter, but he's Hyperion's pal. Like, we turned him into Jimmy Olsen, and that this is great because uh, because it's not great. It's not great. They kill him off at the end of the issue, and you're just like, I don't. What's why did I read this? Like, it had it, it did not enhance the story. In fact, it just got it, it. just made me think. You know, we all know that the, these characters are DC templates, but why did you have to kind of DC template the entire universe? You know, and and try to uh, when when you had the Luke Cage story, the uh, Luke Cage's Commissioner Gordon. I get it, uh, and then they kind of threw Daredevil in there just because they they didn't, they need a daredevil to do something uh, i don't i don't get it so um the, there's a, there's a bunch of throwaway stuff the uh, the G- gamma uh, gamma flight or whatever it was um with wolverine the one shot last week was not needed there's a bunch of these uh the gwen gwen night um yeah. That was okay but that was like you know of course that's supposed to be like the bat girl (laughs) type template and um then what i was thinking and said this is the one thing that i didn't hate sorry there's one thing that i didn't hate was that the squadron supreme had has a bunch of other members other than these main five uh characters they had templates for all of the justice league and so when, you know, thinking like I was like, well, where's Golden Archer or where's uh, Blue Eagle or where's Lady Lark or um, some of these other characters? They do make appearances in these satellite one shot books and um, you see them see them briefly. Some of them get killed by other characters and some of them don't really do much, but they do make appearances. That was the one thing that I thought was Um, at least a kind of a good shout out to Grunewald's run on Squadron Supreme um, was actually throwing out those characters so that we actually got to see that they did exist and they do exist in this continuity. Um, It's just that we don't care about them. We care about the main main five um, that you have to watch. And I, I am, you know, I know next week they'll go back and everything will go back to normal and then the Avengers will be back. And, and hopefully this is leading into a a, a relaunch for avengers i think um think? i think um uh, i think i i think that this and, and i I thought i thought like a year ago i heard that jason aaron was leaving the avengers um i, I hope this is his there's big a
1: whole there's a whole switcheroo going on i'm not sure where he's going but i knew do you know that al yewing is taking the Venom book, and Danny Cates is taking the Hulk book.
0: Well, and they just—they uh, just announced that Nick Spencer's leaving Amazing Spider-Man. So,
1: really, mm, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, okay, so I don't know if you have anything to add to Heroes Reborn. I just I needed to get that rant off my chest um, because I thought that it was just—I um, think it's a travesty because it, it was something that like I'm excited to see the Squad Supreme, and then it was just so. I, I think handled so poorly um, that it doesn't it really doesn't excite me to see them again. If the Squadron Supreme spins out into their own book set in the actual Marvel Universe for this I'm not excited for it and I want to be. Mm. So this is what yeah, upsets me.
1: Yeah, I mean what it, I mean, the only thing that upsets me right now is the price point. You know, $4.99 and you had several incentive variants like $150 and 100 for this garbage um, no reason for it. That's it. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> Life is too short to keep <laughs> ruminating <laughs> about the, these crazy ideas, you know, over at freaking Marvel, you know. And hopefully, you know, hopefully the the people at the higher echelons of Marvel are on a are are looking closely at the decision making and the the production and revenue coming from the stuff because nobody in speculation cares about this world her, heroes reborn stuff nobody
0: and so. they should they should they should have built it up they should have spent more time on building up a like a, a really good storyline and not have something that's rehashed and it feels it feels like we read this in infinity War like a, a year two years ago and it's it you know and and Mephisto has been running around creating havoc a couple of times. This is not the first time he's altered reality. So uh, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. All right. So let's let's move on uh, to uh, X Men and specifically there's a couple of huge events that happened in X Men this month. Um, one was the Hellfire Gala, right? That ran through all of the mutant books this month and at the end of which they introduced the new x-men team which i think pales in comparison to planet Size x-men where where yes i was wondering why the heck they called it (laughs) planet-sized x-men until i read the book and uh so if you were if if Readers of X-Men will remember that back in *Sword of X*, Krakoa split off into a second island, Arakoa, right? With which, in turn, was actually growing at a certain rate, like it was actually becoming bigger and home to millions more mutants. And um, during this uh, during this month-long Hellfire Gala. Uh, specifically, Captain America uh, mentions to uh, Cyclops about, uh, you know, hey, uh, you guys got to slow your roll. Uh, you guys, the, the mutants are getting a little too big for their britches, and um, we don't know what's going to happen here with, uh, you know, with with, uh, with the the world. You might have you might have the world knocking on your doorstep to conquer you, to stop you from from becoming too powerful. So, in answer to this. Uh they move Arakoa to Mars and they terraform Mars and basically take over Mars. So uh I don't think that's what they wanted to happen, right? <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I
0: was like I was like, okay, so you made them a planetary power power instead of a world power. So now they are the their galaxy power right I mean yeah. they they beat America to Mars they beat everybody to Mars and now they just colonized it I was like I seriously I was like this is this is huge if uh, you know I, I don't want to say that it's a bad idea I mean it's a bad idea for the mutants to do it but i think it's a great idea that robert crickman had or whoever it was that came came up with yeah. it because i'm like you know what they spend so much time mm-hmm. out in space anyway i was like
1: exactly. wow they don't
0: have like a foothold now in another planet where they could pretty much do anything and uh, you know with it's it's all it's almost like the big double middle finger to to the to the world to earth right and so now that they gotta have they got a foothold on Earth and now they have a foothold on Mars, um, that's like go ahead, what's your next move? Your your move, America.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah.
0: I, I was I was just like when I was thinking like politically, because I know that this uh, the X-Men is a very political book if you read it really. Yeah. Um, and just to see what they did. And in, in how they like their their answer is to okay we'll just go um we'll just be go become a a a, a power in the galaxy as yep. opposed to uh as opposed to just here on earth yep. so yeah it's kind of, it's interesting
1: yeah. right right because yeah because the, the big concept was they were their supply chain was being strained right no yeah they they're, the whole biggest thing of getting the whole world to set them is that they had this one product. This medicine that could heal everybody, whatever ailment you had, they had a freaking medicine for it. Uh, But of course, the demand was outgrowing the the actual supply, and you know they had tried to expand before, but no. Every time they tried to, uh, you know, some of the diplomatic chains were saying, "Hey, you can't freaking do that. You got to freaking talk to everybody, Uh, and we come up with concessions." So they're like, "Okay, fine." So there you go. Let's go ahead and freaking build a whole planet, so we don't have to ask anybody for anything. Um, and and it, l- it looks like it's going to work out great for them because the other problem that they had was after swords. they had these this whole population of Araki um, mm-hmm. to to deal with. So okay, now that we have this island of people that we had, we don't. Uh, that we don't have no, <laughs> enough space for, and and we need to go populate another thing anyway. Why don't we just take them, let them freaking work it, and, and let's let it freaking blossom. And great freaking ideas here. Um, I, I love what they freaking did with it. I mean, this once again, this is one of those points where we, you know we were scared. It was like, oh man, now X X uh, X Men freaking Planet X House of X was. Pretty good, and now the other books have come out and it started to wait. Well, now they're back in the seat again, right? You know, they made decisions because of political stuff, and and it it turns out great, man. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I
0: think so. I think um, this is ambitious. (laughs) right and i i can't fault ambition at all i love it when i when i'm presented with new ideas and new ways new directions for the storyline to go my one concern for this is that they just get weighed down by their own um their own ideas right i mean like the, the the one thing the one glaring thing about death not meaning anything right so you just kill yourself and they'll just resurrect you and that's that to me is a huge plot like blah that stinks because nothing you know there's no consequences to your actions now here um i think i this could be more of that where i kind of feel like they're just gonna be get too cute you know and and get weighed down by all of the ideas that they're having um but i i can't fault them for just being kind of trend-setting really i mean the stuff that's going on in the mutant books right now you're not seeing it anywhere else right there they are kind of operating in a vacuum you do see anybody that appears in the book outside of the marvel universe like captain america in this issue um You know, the X-Men aren't really appearing anywhere else, right? They're not appearing in the Marvel Universe in in anybody else's storylines unless they're being written in with a satellite book like friggin' Gamma Flight that blew or Magneto and the, uh, you know, and whatever villain that the Hyperion destroyed everybody in that one. But they're not really figuring into the rest of the Marvel Universe. They're doing their own thing, which they've kind of always did, which is fine. And as long as those – I mean, those ideas that you're seeing here have such ramifications if they if they ever bothered to implement in the rest of the Marvel Universe, you know, if they ever acknowledged the fact that um, the X-Men took over Mars or, you know, what do the Avengers do about that, right?
1: Right, right. <laughs> you know, you know? I mean, let's see. I mean, I guess. Oh, I guess I guess they can do something, right? But you know, because uh, if you go through the rest of the book, uh, the DoD was worried, NASA was worried. It's like, but then when you th- really think about it, okay, they're in Mars. What can they do about it? Nothing. Right? Yeah. They do because because while they were, I mean, it took almost every resource they had to freaking come up with that Mars rover. Right, that was just kind of moving slowly through the freaking sand. You know, they they still haven't really well, we as a species still hasn't uh you know you know gone through enough evolution that we can send rockets and spaceships just out to Mars anytime we want, right? So that 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 was <laughs> that's why it's uh you know, great, right? You know, Say like, like, okay, we're gonna do what we want to do. We dare you to come out and freaking stop us. We dare you. Right. <laughs> the the only thing I didn't like is that uh, you know, this rolls right into the gala, right? Um, but the gala has been happening for what two to three weeks now. Um, the
0: gala has run through every book this month, with the exception of Plant Size X Men. I think happened. Did this happen before the gala or after the gala? Because I don't. This happened. Really
1: this, a... this happened concurrently with the get, with the galaxy. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, and that in that case, because they didn't really mention the they that they took over Mars in any of the other books, right? Right. This was a well, surprise to me when I read this week.
1: Well, and and one of the the first ones, um, they had everybody look up, and they saw fireworks, right? Well, it turns out that the fireworks was actually the X Men terraforming Mars. <laughs> So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, yeah, this it's it's in, it's super interesting. And whereas, kind of like, I I think we've been I think we've been tired from the the, the mutant books for a while because I think I do still think there's too many of them. Um, this one this one shot really is kind of taking it in a new direction. I'm interested to see uh, see what they do with it. So. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, what else are we going to talk about? We have. Uh, we have the anniversary issue of Venom that came out. Um,
1: let's talk about. Oh, let's talk
0: about. Uh, yeah, let's talk yeah, about it's, the, the, the yeah,
1: annual Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Infinite Destiny's Captain America number one was pretty interesting. Um, it brought back Hector Bautista as overtime, um, and then there was a little panel that had the. Uh, you know the affinity stones on there, and because now affinity stones are not just entities into the cells, they attach themselves to freaking people. Yeah, uh, you know, we've already had star, um, and we've got overtime, and then um, quantum. You know, now there was a quantum before, but this is apparently a new quantum. Um, this one actually showed up, and Miles Morales number eight, um, and that was the one where the assessor showed up and he called uh, Miles Morales subject number 002-004. Now, there are about three yeah, three other freaking clones walking around of Miles Morales right now. <coughs> and, you know, there's a whole thing going on inside the Miles Morales Spider-Man uh, clone cycle right now. Now, there was a flashback from one of the clones on uh, which he showed how, what his childhood was like. Um, and what you can see inside this one particular panel is that there's like one, two, three, four, actually five other, um, you know, miles, possible miles paralysis that was at at, at some point. Um, with the, one of the clones says that yeah, maybe a couple of them died, so the other three were the ones that were there. Now the interesting thing is I go back to this particular panel. It says Subject zero zero two, Tag zero zero four is awake. Um, That is a subject designator. That means that possibly, quite possibly, the Mal Morales that we've been following around for like the last year or so is a clone. It's not the real deal. Um, So, and the reason why I say that is because if you go follow along with the last time we saw the assessor prior to this was uh, Infinite Destiny's Iron Man vs. Quantum it's, uh, he referred to the Tony, Hart, the, excuse me, the Tony Stark that's running around as 045-02. So 045, 045, those first three digits, that's the character. And 02, that's the number of the clone. right? So this would be the second clone of Tony Stark, which we've known as been... clone clone for like the last what two Hmm. or three years or something like that right now so that means that Miles Morales 002 is the character number 004 is the number of clone that he is Hmm. Uh, now, the panel that we have here, once again, I, I said there's the five clones or something, but, but there's an interesting thing is that or on the left hand side, there's actually another character that is not a Miles Morales. It's possibly another character, we don't know who that is. That could be the Quantum character or another Tokyo Stark or or whoever. They're not going to tell us right now, they're just going to leave that out there. Um, uh, speaking of clone weird clone stuff new mutants number 19 gabby right um what did you think of this one um because
0: well you yeah you you mentioned to me earlier that because i saw gabby dead and i was like oh i'll just bring her back right because death doesn't mean anything in the mutant books but then you said gabby's a clone right and they don't bring back clones Right. So,
1: <laughs> right. So, you know, and, and, and there's certain circumstances of which, which they'll bring back clones, right? Um, that it has to be somebody that they absolutely freaking need for a particular, you know, if they need you for a particular operation, they'll bring you back, right? Because Laura and herself, yeah, she's a clone of, of Wolverine, but she has a specific purpose right? She goes out on operations, like, you, while you have Wolverine on one operation, you can have Laura going out on other operations. The, Gabby really doesn't have that set yet, right? She doesn't really have that place. She's in training. She's at, actually in school right now, so they don't mm-hmm. really need to bring Gabby out right now, so they could probably just leave her, you No, know, you no, know, just... So, Um, and I was talking to some of the, the the drunken sharks last night, and they were like, well, this character's going to be pissed. This character is going to be pissed. Oh, and this character is going to be pissed. And that's kind of, and that's, I love that they, they reminded me of that because something that's been going on with this whole resurrection is that it has been driving a schism, in between a lot of the, the X-Men characters and a lot of the mutants, because the rules have not been consistent of how they bring people back. Who they bring back and how quickly they bring people back. So this character right here could drive the schism between a lot of mutant characters when it comes to the trust that the mutants have between themselves and the Quiet Council. So this is something that's going to be, that you're going to have to watch out for.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I mean that's uh, it's it's interesting stuff, and i'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that in the next couple of years that we can kind of look back and say. Oh yeah, that was genius when they were doing it at the time. And this, the, this specific, the specific uh, gimmick here, where where you know death doesn't mean anything, and we could bring back stuff, um, pretty much you know, to or made to order. Uh, it doesn't really like it. Just makes me tired of all the stuff that's going on, you know. And it's been a running joke for decades about. People don't stay dead in comics, and this, I, and I know that the reason they did this was just to kind of thumb their nose. That, yeah, yeah, we are bringing everybody back, and now we're just not making a secret of it. they are just going to be make it easier. Um, so, right. you know, we'll see. Uh, the the other thing, actually, the one thing that I want to say that I really kind of enjoyed this whole month was in the Hellfire Gala was that how they had uh, they all dressed up like freaking uh, like Lady Gaga type. Uh, outfits, and mm-hmm. whoever whoever was doing the artwork, I want to just shout out, you know, good good for them throughout the whole entire line to kind of make all these characters and have fun with their designs and, and fun with, like, dressing them up for uh, for a party. I, I thought that was pretty cool, and I was like, oh, you know, who's... I wonder what the White Queen is wearing, or how many times she's going to change her outfit. <laughs> you uh, know, I thought it, that that was pretty fun.
1: You know, was even more great about the whole health gala, gala is that they are putting in the same room a bunch of characters that I may not have been tracking and didn't like each other. I love that. That's true. This guy doesn't like this guy because he slept with her his girlfriend or you know this person all of a sudden they've got beef because you no know, this person treated this person wrong or this or this guy's an ex girlfriend of this one. That's yeah. that's that's great stuff, right? Because when when they started this whole thing, right? Everybody was li- leave, li- are living in harmony, you know, singing Kumbaya, you know, Wolverine and, and the Class and, and the gal were just dropping off for orgies on, on their own and everything. Everything was <laughs> copacetic. Now I'm figuring, now they're starting to reveal, well, everything was copacetic, but now people are starting to rub each other the wrong way, and everything is not all good in the hood. You know? <laughs> so Yes, this is, this is freaking great. No, um, know I mean, I I guess what, you know, they put it at the same time as the, the, the gay pride freaking month, right? So, you know, they, I guess they thought they would have bring in more money, but no, there aren't a lot of people that are in the LGBT community that even care about these books right now, right? A lot of the younger people are all about manga. So this little bit that they think they're doing is not going to be enough. They're going to have to try a little harder. It's a great start, but they're going to try have to try a little bit harder.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's talk about um, Venom. And I, th- this this book actually kind of flew under the radar for me and well, until I read it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ho-hum, another Venom book. Uh, I was so the burned 200th out. Two
1: hundredth issue fell under the radar. My yeah, goodness, man.
0: No, I mean, I was so burned out from yeah. the King and Black story Ooh. that, and I was just like, I, I just didn't care. So we have Venom, but, uh, okay, but I didn't know what they were going to do with it, right after after the last issue. But this was a this was actually a huge issue. This was huge. It
1: Yes, well, they right. realize,
0: you know, you realize the ramifications of the storyline, even though there was, it was the storyline was so tedious and kind of a pain, and it had built up over what three years so they were talking about yeah. null and we even on this podcast we're talking about null non-stop with the king in black and this is what it relates to and it's and it's so involved and everything and then this is the payoff where you have venom as actually Eddie is now a god and he is tied into all the symbiotes throughout the entire universe. And he is in communication with them at all times. So he's basically um, omnipotent. He basically knows everything. And, and it,
1: oh, but, oh, but, you got to remember, he can correct Peter. He's not omnipotent, he's omnipresent. Okay, <laughs> there you go. So
0: here, but, but here, it's like, but you do realize that he is still just Eddie, right? He's still just a man. So it has taken a toll on him physically. But you do realize that they set up and and that they you realize that they've been setting up all along, and this was a surprise to me, is for Dylan to become the new venom. Yeah. And yeah. that to me, like I was like, okay, I didn't even really see that coming, and shame on me. <laughs> so I thought they were gonna make Dylan a bad guy or you know a villain or some kind of tragic thing for like Eddie to cry about for the next 50 issues. And now He's he's the new Venom. The 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 symbiote has a bonded to Dylan. Um, this now this now Venom symbiote is actually the only symbiote that is not in the hive mind, right? And right. Eddie, Eddie cannot control his symbiote, so this 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 symbiote ends up bonding with Dylan, but he's independent um, of the hive. So. That's interesting in itself because it almost makes him like a mutant uh, kind of variant of him of himself. So uh, and and they bring back Flash Thompson in this uh, and and he's going to be more of the uh, of the joiner, right? So he'll be the superhero that joins the Avengers or something like that. So that you're going to have you know a couple of different characters running around, and now you have Eddie who's basically. I guess you want to call him kind of retired, but more in the, in a, in the enigmatic kind of cosmic type sense right, that he's, right, going right. To, he's just going to be there, maybe the, like the Watcher kind of thing. So maybe that's kind of a way that they write Eddie out to focus on Dylan now. Um, I like the, the fact that they did this because now you have, now you have Dylan opened up as a Venom, but a, kind of like a hero, like which kind of Venom has been. But now you can team them up with Miles. You can put them in the champions. You can do, you no. Know, you have so much, so many more options now, to kind of open that up,
1: right? And and I, I mean, I I think one interesting thing that they could probably do is, uh, so if you remember that when they were in the cafe, or when uh, it wasn't cafe, or excuse me, when Flash Thompson was in the cafe, and this this army or this group of characters. Came in and shot the kid in the head. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they were hunting, you know, symbiotes that were attached to people. Well, now that Dylan is attached to the symbiote, that means that they could probably start hunting him down. Mm Hmm. So that's that. I think I feel that that's one direction they would go. Um, Yeah.
0: And also, it also looks like you know this could be uh a second venom book right so you could have a you could have a venom book with Dylan as venom and then have a Flash Thompson book whatever you're gonna call him are you gonna call him anti venom or uh what do you call what do you call Flash Thompson now?
1: Agent uh, Venom Agent Venom? Yeah he's he's Agent Venom but they'll probably put him in the uh, the extreme Carnage books.
0: Ah uh, I hope they don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't I don't I don't <laughs> like the Carnage books. <laughs> but I uh, you know, but this but this book, this actually is almost like a reset, right? This is all kind of like sure. a this is the new standard, and going forward, I thought this was a super important book, and like I said, i it, it floated under the radar for me. I wasn't expecting some of the stuff that happened in this book but I'm happy about it. I was like I was happy that it looks like it's moving forward, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like uh you know everything that happened that uh, during King of Black you were like uh, okay, so next issue uh, things are going to be back to normal. That things aren't <laughs> things aren't back to normal. This is the new standard and going forward I I I like it. So I like it. So,
1: yeah. good. They got, they got, Uh. they got, uh, I mean, they definitely have a direction, you know, especially when the kid got his uh, head shot off. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 wait, what's going on here? And then, you know, he throws his head back and then runs out the window. Like, <laughs> and so now, so now the rivers. so now that, that organization is like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of people out here running around with symbiotes. Oh, Isn't wait, that, what?
0: that whole, that whole storyline seems more of like a men in black kind of. Kind of thing where yeah. you know where they're, they're gonna be tracking down the uh the aliens to send them back where they came from, that, so, that would be
1: awesome, right? You know, <laughs> if can uh yeah, and now and now Brock is gonna or Eddie is gonna have to freaking go and find them all, right? Hunt them down, or Flash, it's gonna be Flash Thompson is gonna have to hunt them down, find, but is he them hunting
0: all? them down to protect them? That's the thing, is I think he's trying to save them,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, who is he trying to protect? He's to protect the symbiote or protect people.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. So now is this? So you said this was? Uh, is this is Donny Cates' last uh, Venom?
1: I don't know if this is his last, but it is winding down um, to his last stuff. Uh, same thing for Al Ewing on on the Hulk. They're starting yeah. to wind winding down so they could switch books.
0: Uh. <laughs> So I, I'm a, actually. Uh, so what did you say? Al Ewing is taking over Venom. What's who's taking over Venom? Oh.
1: Uh, Al Ewing.
0: Okay, interesting. I'm. Yeah, I'm. Is. Al Ewing has my money. So, you know, he's he's good. And it be interesting to see Donny Cates take on. He's doing Hulk now. Yep. That's that'll be interesting too. So let, hey, let's see.
1: Yeah, so speculators are licking their freaking chops, you know, waiting to see what book he pulls out of his out of his tuchus. Uh, you know, that's gonna make it more valuable all of a sudden. So he's indicating it's a money man. All
0: right. Do we have anything else to talk about this week, or was that, or is Venom the last book?
1: Venom is it? Yeah, Venom's the last book. Yep. All right. Yeah, I mean, we we had a lot of good stuff uh to talk about. No, I, you know, uh so by the time we meet next time we'll have two more episodes of Loki to watch. Well, oh, uh
0: man, that's that is then going to be the show of the summer. Um and then I think we we will be right on the precipice uh of uh of Black Widow or the MCU back in theaters. So that will be something to talk about too. So that's exciting stuff. Um all right, so tune in rec- next uh, next couple of weeks uh man end of June end of June already next time we meet?
1: <laughs> yeah Wow Not.
0: actually it's Fourth of July weekend next time next time we record
1: Ooh. So. uh
0: all right. So, (laughs) All right, so we'll have our hamburgers and hot dogs ready to go, and we'll be maybe non-socially distanced for the first time in a couple of years for a holiday with family, and uh, I hope you are too, and we will see you in two weeks. I hope.